This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Edgar Guest ends one of his poems with these lines, And only he may stand serene who has a faith on which to lean. Oh, how true it is that one may stand firmly when he has a faith, a saving faith, upon which he can lean, when the world tries its best to make him fall. Faith has been called a person's invisible means of support. There are many here this morning, as well as those who are listening by podcast, who could well stand up and give an eloquent testimony to how a strong faith has led you through many a dark and dreary day. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul speaks of being justified by faith. This idea is a cornerstone of Christian teachings. We are justified by faith. Let me read just a few verses from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved, and hath raised up us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved, through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. I want you to want to just suggest this morning that uh, you can possibly have a kind of faith that is still not a saving faith. This word faith is one of those words which has been grossly misunderstood. It's been caught up in a landscape of language of sweet sentimentality. It's been used casually by those who have distorted its real meaning. I'm going to say something here that might be a little controversial and you might not want to agree with it immediately. Some years ago, there was a popular song which was a favorite of many people. I still like the tune. It has a nice singable melody. It's the song, I Believe. You remember that song? I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night, a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the way. I believe above the storm, the smallest prayer will still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. Every time I hear a newborn baby cry, or touch a leaf, or see the sky, then I know why I believe. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? This song gives us a very clear example, though, of what I call a watered-down faith many people have today. Here's a person who says that he has a great spiritual experience every time he touches a leaf. 
Now, I don't mean to be cynical, but if that man had to get out in the yard and rake leaves all afternoon, I wonder if he'd feel the same way. Or suppose that leaf he touched turned out to be poison ivy. Then that religious experience could be drastically different. Or another person may say, I have a spiritual experience every time I hear a newborn baby cry. But I'll just bet you a young couple whose baby's been yelling at the top of his voice for 20 minutes could possibly react in a totally different fashion. You see, we've had our thinking all confused and distracted into thinking if we just have faith, then we're saved. Everything's going to be all right. This is because someone in the great somewhere hears every word. <clears throat> James tells us, in, in, over toward the end of the New Testament, very plainly he says that there is a type of faith which cannot and does not save us. James chapter 2, let me read some verses from that. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Now, let's look negatively at some of the kind of faith, kinds of faith that do not save. First, blind, unreasonable faith does not save us. <clears throat> there are those who would try to get us to say something like this. Well, I know that all the facts point in the opposite direction, but you know, you just have to believe and have faith. When I speak of a blind, unreasonable faith, it would seem unattractive, at least on the surface. But, but you'd be surprised how many people would like to have that kind of faith. And they'd be happy with it. One of the problems that we face in many denominations is that we have no earthly authority which tells us what we have to believe. Now, I call this a problem, but personally, I would have it no other way. There are those who seek desperately for some strong authority to tell them what they have to believe, and if possible, to list it very neatly for them. One, two, three. And if you believe these things when this is done, then you don't have to think. Just believe. That's all. <clears throat> there are millions of people who have found their security in a system which will make their decisions for them. For some... It may be the government. For others, it may be the church. These who blindly accept what the church uh, wants to say uh, may say, well, whatever my church teaches is true, regardless. For them, there's no need to fight the battle of personal faith and then determine what one should believe. Surely this kind of blind, unreasonable agreement cannot be called New Testament faith. Certainly is a faith which does not save us. Let me mention a second area of faith, so-called, that does not save. That's misplaced faith. Some time ago, a pastor talked with a man who was on his bed of affliction and pain. As the pastor talked with him, the man said, Preacher, I've lost my faith in prayer. If I believed in prayer, I would pray and God would answer and I'd get well. If I could find anybody who believed in prayer, who would, be a, who would pray a prayer of faith, then I believe I can be raised up from this bed. Here was a man who had a misplaced faith. Now what he said sounded good in some ways, 
but his faith was in prayer itself. Nowhere in the Bible does God admonish believers to have faith in prayer alone. It is faith in God. Our faith should not be in petition alone, but in the God who hears our prayers. Even faith in prayer is not a saving faith. Faith in the church or in Christian people is not a saving faith either. There are those who have sustained severe blows to their faith because their faith was in some other person who was active in the church perhaps. And then some evil in the life of this other person was brought to light and that person's faith was destroyed. If your faith is in another person here on this earth, if you're counting on this for your salvation, you better watch out because you're leaning on something that is not steadfast. Let me mention a third area of faith that does not save. I call this faith period does not save. What I mean by this is simply believing is not the road to God. Just believe and everything will be all right, some people say. This implies it doesn't matter too much what you believe, just so long as you believe. Some say it makes no difference if you're sincere in your belief. The Bible teaches us that the devil believes in God and he trembles. Those who say, I believe and stop right there, do not have a saving faith. So hopefully now we're beginning to come to some conclusion about this matter. You see what kind of faith it is that does not save blind, unreasonable faith, misplaced faith in the church or another person, in works, or even in prayer, does not save, or just having faith, period, that does not save us. The kind of faith which saves is the faith which has as its end one, a person who can save. The object of our faith has to be God himself as he is revealed in Jesus Christ, his son. The only kind of faith that does save is faith that is focused upon the right object, God in Jesus Christ. John says in the Bible, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That's 1 John chapter 5. So you see, faith in Christ is the only kind of faith that can overcome the world. If your life does not show some signs of your being able to overcome the world, then it may be good for you to go back and examine to see if your faith is in Jesus Christ. Or perhaps it is a faith that does not save. Scripture teaches by their fruits, you shall know them. The faith which is powerless to produce good works in a person's life is also powerless to save that person's soul. I was reading some time ago, uh, Cora Ten Boom's book. She had several books that she had written. The one I was reading was Don't Wrestle, Just Nestle, in which this gallant lady of uh, faith told about an experience she had when she and her sister Betsy were in a horrible death camp. Betsy became very ill. 
And so Corey took her to the prison hospital. This was back during persecution when they were in a, a horrible confinement place in the time of the Holocaust. Betsy asked, Corey, please come and pray with me. Ask the Lord Jesus to heal me. Because he has said, if you lay hands upon the sick, they shall be healed. Corey, please do that for me. So Corey Kuntan Boom did what her sister requested, and they both trusted the Lord for his healing. The next morning, Corey ran from the barracks and looked through the window of the hospital to see how Betsy was getting along. To her astonishment, her bed was empty. Frantically, Corey ran from the window to window to window until she finally saw Betsy's body waiting to be taken to the crematorium. Corrie Ten Boom said, it was the darkest moment of my life. Just a few days later, Corrie was summoned to the prison office. For some reason, she did not know why, she was being released from prison. She later learned that it was a clerical error, but whatever the cause, she was now free to go. It was a miracle of God. When she came to that prison office, she discovered that nobody there knew that her sister Betsy was dead. And so Corey asked, is my sister also free to go? They replied, no. She stays here until the end of the war. Then can I stay here with her, Corey asked. <clears throat> By this time, the official became furious and shouted at Corey, disappear, you get out of here. Suddenly, Corey Ten Boom saw God's side of what had happened. Here's what she said. Suppose Betsy had gotten better and I had to leave her behind. I would have been forced to return to Holland and leave her alone in that horrible death camp. I could not have stood it. But she had been released from the concentration camp and now she was enjoying all the glories of heaven. I walked out of that camp that day praising and thanking the Lord for that unanswered prayer. Yet it really was not unanswered. It was answered in God's way, not my way. You see, there's a difference, great difference in faith and prayer and praying in faith. Many people have faith in prayer, but it is entirely different when we can pray, putting our faith and complete trust in God. This is what the Bible means by asking for anything according to his will. We know he hears us. Charles Welburn said that one night he drove down a dark street. It was not very late and many lights were on in the houses along the way. He found himself judging whether anybody was at home in each house by whether the lights were on. Apparently this was before the days when we had to start leaving the lights on when we were gone. Protection for burglars. One can tell whether Christ is at home in a life by the lights that are on. Lights of love, joy, peace, self-control. Faith that saves is a faith that produces genuine results. It proves itself by turning the lights on. So we come back to where we started. How firm is your foundation? 
Has your faith found a resting place? Is your faith the saving kind or is it a faith that does not save? Really, it all hinges on the one who is the object of your faith. Is it Jesus Christ or anyone or anything else? We sing in one of our hymns, it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. The hymn that we're going to sing in a few moments is, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." As we here at Ocean Lake sing this hymn, may God grant us the ability to re-examine our own faith and make absolutely sure our faith is in Jesus. Many of you know the name of Adrian Rogers, a great preacher who passed away some years ago. He used to say, if you're wrong about Jesus, it doesn't matter what else you're right about. How true that is. Oh God, help us to have our faith in Jesus, to trust in Him with all of our heart, not to lean upon our own understanding, but to know that when we put all our faith in Him, that He'll be with us. He'll sustain us. He'll turn the lights of joy on in our life. We need that, O oh Lord. And we thank you that it's offered to us through your son Jesus, in whose wonderful name we pray. Amen.